Hello, this is Christine Peterson with A Toolkit for a Better Life. In this podcast, we will focus on how our bodies and our minds work and give you various tips and tricks, tools and techniques for understanding yourself, being happier in yourself and living a better life. Every week, we will discuss different topics that might interest you and help you think differently to change the way you approach life and yourself. We talk about the little things that make a big difference. Hello, Julie. How are you today? Hello, Christine. I'm very well. Thank you. What about you? I'm very well. I'm looking forward to today because Mm -hmm. today we're going to talk about expectations and how they can affect our attitudes and our perceptions of ourselves and of others, Um, how our relationships and our lives are directly affected by our expectations. Before we do that, I would like to present you, Julie. So Mm -hmm. this is Julie Shareff. You are my friend and colleague, and you share many of my interests in how our minds and our bodies function and how we can use this information to improve our daily lives. Thank you very much, Christine, for this introduction. So as you said, the topic is so interesting, so let's get started. And my first question would be, what are expectations? In fact, uh, the subject of expectations is a massive subject. Um, An expectation is defined as an eager anticipation for something to happen. In fact, uh, there's a great book called Expectation Hangover by Christine Hassler, uh, and she defines it as an eager anticipation for something to happen. Now, a goal is defined as a purpose or objective. So they're slightly different. Mm -hmm. So when we're clinging to our expectations, we are waiting for something to happen. And in fact, we're giving our power away because we're just waiting passively. Whereas as we start to identify our expectations and release them, we can take more empowering steps towards achieving our goals with a clear sense of purpose. Now, we all have expectations because expectations are how we hope or anticipate that life will be. They touch all areas of our lives, our work, our relationships, in fact, the way our life will unfold. They play a major part in how our goals and general life direction are formed. And this is how we are able to envision our future. Okay, I understand better now. And how do expectations really affect our attitudes or our perceptions? Good question, Julie. In fact, I'd like to talk about six main facts about expectations. Um, The first one is that we all have expectations. Part of our enjoyment of any given activity is the anticipation of the activity and the picture in your head that forms around that that anticipation is in fact your expectation. Mm-hmm. So our past experiences, our hopes and dreams can all be a major part of forming our expectations as well. Now, the second point is that they can be conscious or unconscious. So when you think you don't have any particular expectations, it's because they're unconscious. So they're unknown or unrealized by you. 
if your expectations are unconscious, you might not you might not understand why you suddenly experience a negative emotion for no apparent reason. So if you know what they are, you're less likely to be caught by surprise when they're not met. So we should try and understand our expectations and have them be conscious so we know if they're realistic or not. And in fact, that brings us to point three. Point three is that expectations can be reasonable or unreasonable. So if your expectations are unreasonable, you will continuously see them frustrated because they most likely won't be met. They're unreasonable. So, for example, if I expect that I'm going to win the lottery and become a millionaire, then I might be disappointed, however strong my expectation, how strongly I expect it. So maybe I should re-examine this expectation. And if it's unreasonable, I can always readjust it. I can say, well, I expect to win the lottery and win 10 francs or 10 euros and not win a million. So that expectation is a bit easier to, to realize. Mm -hmm. Now, number four is that expectations can be stated or unstated. So when we're aware of our expectation, it's a good idea to tell the people that they will affect what our expectations are. Uh, as a friend of mine often said, talk about it, because we can't produce what we don't know is expected of us. Mm -hmm. uh, the fifth point is that they can cause problems when they are not met or if they conflict with others' expectations. So if my expectation is unconscious or unreasonable or unstated, then it will more likely go unmet. And then it might result in a misunderstanding or conflict with other people or maybe anger. So if I'm careful to discover my expectations and to decide whether or not they're unreasonable and then let others know what they are, then I can often avoid what maybe can sometimes feel like a surprise attack uh, and actually damage our relationships. So the sixth point is that when an expectation is conscious, when it's reasonable, and when it's stated, talked about, it can be a really powerful motivator. So in every relationship we have, our clearly stated reasonable expectations become goals that others can aim for. Generally, people around us want to please us. And when they understand what we expect from them, they know what to try to achieve. And they don't have to waste time and effort trying to figure it out or read our minds. And they can then enjoy our thanks <laughs> rather than our disappointment. Actually, uh, there's a slogan that apparently originated in the 12-step programs that exist. And this slogan says, unrealistic expectations are premeditated resentments. Ooh, la, la. Yeah, I find that so powerful. Because many of us at some point have wrongly believed that expecting other people to behave the way we want will actually make them behave that way. For example, one member of a couple might expect the other to make coffee every morning. This is great if the other person is happy to do so. 
But what happens if the other person has no interest in making coffee or living up to that expectation? We wake up in the morning, we expect our coffee to be on the table, and it's not. We feel shocked, morally indignant, and we start to feel resentful of the other. So that's why we're saying unrealistic expectations. So it's unrealistic to expect that the other person always makes coffee. It will become a premeditated resentment. I'll start to feel resentful. Now, expectations among people are often based on an implicit social contract. So without, without actually verbalizing the expectation about giving and taking in any relationship that we have, people might construct stories in their heads about the expectations they have of each other. So people in any relationship have a deal, an agreement in which the details of this deal are never really talked about. They're just assumed. So it's very hard for anyone to live up to your expectation if you don't tell them what they are and they don't know what they are. And you'll still see this as failure or as a violation of your social contract. What? He didn't make coffee for me every morning? I, I assumed that that's what he was going to do. Whereas maybe the other person had no idea that they were uh, expected to make coffee every morning. So, for example, another example, I might expect that if I take the time to listen to a friend's problems and make them feel better, then they will be there for me when I need a friend to listen to me. Now, this might not always happen. And of course, that can cause me to feel resentful and misunderstood just because I had that expectation that it was going to be give and take. So expecting life to always turn out the way you want is guaranteed to lead to disappointment because life is not always going to turn out the way you want it to. It's life. And when those unfulfilled expectations in, involve the failure of other people to behave the way you expect them to, then your disappointment will also involve resentment. You will start to feel resentful. Okay. I understand better the concept of expectation hangover. Great. So, and how can expectations change our behavior? Well, in fact, your expectations, more than anything else in your life, will determine your reality. So when it comes to achieving your goals, if you don't believe you will succeed, then you won't. In fact, if you believe you will succeed or if you believe you will not succeed, you're right. And I love that. <laughs> Research from the Louisiana State University in the United States shows that people who believe in themselves use more what they call metacognitive functions than those who don't believe in themselves. So this means that they use more of their brains and have more brain power to solve problems if they believe in themselves. Metacognition is extremely important for achievement because it ensures that you approach problems from many different angles. You're using more of your brain uh, and you adapt your approach as needed. And this is really just because you believe in yourself more. Amazing. The, 
the tricky thing about your expectations, of course, is that they impact other people as well. And as far back as the 1960s, Harvard Business School research demonstrated the power of our beliefs in changing others' behavior. They did a study where they showed that teachers who were told that certain randomly selected children were clever, then these kids performed better, not only in the classroom, but also in standardized IQ tests. Now, that's incredible. That means that my expectation of you can change your behavior. Amazing. So, in fact, we get most out of other people when we believe in them. And research shows that this happens because when we believe in somebody, then we treat them better than we would treat people who we think will fail. We'll have more time for them. We will give them more opportunities to succeed. We give them accurate, helpful feedback than we would give the ones we think would fail. We wouldn't bother with that. And if we're a teacher, we would do more teaching of those kids because we believe it's a good investment and it's time well spent. So this is very, very powerful because it shows that if you let your doubts about somebody or something block your belief, then it will often result in their failure. Medical professionals, in fact, call this the nocebo effect. Uh, You've heard of placebo, right? Yes. Yeah. But it's nocebo, where. Never. Pardon? But I've never heard of nocebo. Nocebo. No. Now, placebo, no. for those who don't know, it's the idea that your brain can convince your body that a fake treatment is the real thing and then help healing, right? Now, nocebo effect means that patients who have no or low expectations for medical procedures or treatments will tend to have poorer results than those who expect success even with well-established treatments. So if a doctor uses a treatment with a clinically verified high rate of success, but shows it in a negative light, the probability of a negative result will probably increase. Wow. It's quite remarkable. Yeah. Now, placebos will not lower your cholesterol or shrink uh, a tumor. However, placebos work on the symptoms that are managed by the brain. For example, pain and the perception of pain. Placebos may make you feel better, but they won't cure you, says um, Ted Kapchuk, who is a Harvard-affiliated affili Harvard Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Sector. Um, he says that they have been shown to be most effective for conditions like pain management, stress-related insomnia, and cancer treatment side effects like fatigue and nausea. So there are certain conditions you absolutely can treat with the placebo. Now, how they work, how the placebo doesn't affect, doesn't, isn't quite understood yet but it involves a complex neurobiological reaction that includes everything from increases in the feel-good neurotransmitters, we've, we've spoken about these hormones, endorphins mm -hmm. and dopamine, to greater activity in certain brain, brain regions that are linked to our moods, our emotional reactions, and our self-awareness. And all of this can actually have a therapeutic effect and benefit. So Ted uh, Professor Kapchuk says that the placebo effect is a way for your brain to tell the body what it needs to do and what it needs in order to feel better. So 
how can you give yourself a placebo besides taking a fake pill, asks the Professor Kapchuk, because he's been studying this for a long time. Well, he says practicing self-help methods is one way. So he says engaging in the ritual of healthy living, so of course eating right, exercising, yoga, quality social time, meditating, probably provides some of the key ingredients of the placebo effect. So in a way, expectations can be really helpful. They can give us a sense of motivation and direction and help us meet certain standards. However, when expectations influence our thoughts too much or when we give into others' expectations and wishes instead of following our own path, this can really affect how we feel and our personal well-being. So we need to find out how do we start managing our expectations instead of letting them rule our lives. Mm -hmm. And what are examples of expectations that could make my life difficult? Well, as we said before, Julie, our expectations shape our reality. Mm -hmm. They can change your life both emotionally and physically. So you have to be really careful and, and really aware about the expectations you hold because the wrong ones make, might make life difficult for you. So be very, very careful, especially about the expectations that I'm now going to mention because these cause all sorts of trouble for, for a lot of people. <laughs> the first one is life should be fair. Ooh. Oh, we've been told a million times, and we've probably told other people, that life is not fair. But in spite of what we know, we don't really think this applies to us. So when something unfair happens, try not to rely on outside forces to get you back on, our feet, on your feet. Sometimes there's no consolation prize. And the sooner you stop expecting there to be, the sooner you can take actions that will really make a difference. The second one is that um, opportunities will fall into my lap. All I have to do is open the window and the prince will, will jump in on the white horse into my living room. Okay, that's not going to happen necessarily. So one of the most important things a person can do, of course, is stick their neck out and seek opportunity. So try, you know, open the window. Uh, now, the problem is that just because, because you deserve a raise or a promotion, uh, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. You have to make it happen. You have to put in the hard work and then you can go out and get what you deserve. So if we limit ourselves to what is given to us, then we lose control. We lose power and we become at the mercy of other people. However, when you take action, and you think, what steps do I need to take? What obstacles are in my way? And what do I need to do to remove them? That is making you get power. You create power for yourself. And the other question, of course, you can ask is, what mistakes am I making that take me away from my goals rather than towards my goals? The third expectation that we have that might not be good for us is the one that says, everyone should like me. Now, people have hang-ups, and that means that all sorts of decent, kind, respectable people are not liked by some others for no good reason at all. We sometimes have this just this feeling that we don't like somebody. We don't even know them. We just don't like them. So 
the same goes for you. So when you think that everyone should like you, you'll end up with your feelings being hurt when you really shouldn't because you can't win them all. When you assume that people are going to like you, you're going to take shortcuts maybe. You'll start making requests and demands before you've laid the groundwork to really understand what the other person is thinking and feeling and before you really know the person and let them know you and trust you. So instead of expecting that people will like you, try focus on earning their trust and respect. And that will completely change the situation. The fourth expectation we have is that people should agree with me. So, of course, you know what you're talking about. And for that reason, people should take you seriously. But sometimes expecting people to agree with you may be another story. Because something, some things that ob that's obvious to you might not be obvious to someone with different experiences and maybe a different agenda. So stop being offended when people disagree with you and stop assuming that there is only one right answer, which is yours. Instead, try and focus on how you can find solutions that give everyone what they need, the win-win solutions. The next one is the trap is people know what I'm trying to say. This is really, this is often found within couples as well. Oh, well, he knows what I mean. I don't have to tell him. Well, maybe he doesn't because people can't read your mind. And what you're trying to say is very rarely what other people hear. Even if you're using the words, maybe they'll hear different words. You can't expect people to understand you just because you're talking. You have to be really, really clear. So whether you're asking someone to do something without providing the context or explaining a complex concept behind a big project, it's easy to leave out the relevant information because you know it, you think it's obvious, and you don't think it's necessary to say. Now, maybe it's not obvious to the other person. So communication is nothing if it's not clear. It's a waste of time if it's not clear. So your communication will only be clear if you take the time to understand the other person's perspective. The next expectation that we tend to have is, I'm going to fail. And as we already saw, if you believe you're going to fail, you stand quite a higher chance of creating the very outcome that you're worried about. Mm -hmm. It's okay if you fail. Sometimes you have to accept it. And sometimes you won't. Sometimes you'll succeed. If you aim for something, then believe with all your being that you will succeed. Otherwise, if you've got these little doubts in your mind, you'll limit the chances of success. The next belief is that things will make me happy. Now, it's true that things can make life more interesting, more fun, more comfortable in the short run but they can't really make you happy in the long run. Too many of us expect a future event. So, for example, I'll be happy when I get that promotion. I'll be happy when I buy that car. I'll be happy when I move to that apartment. Um, instead of looking more deeply into the real reasons for us being unhappy. So, if you don't fix what's going on inside of you, nothing external no event, no thing, no item is going to make you happy, no matter how much you want it to. And, and just another thing on this note, living always in the future will stop you from living in the present, in the now. 
And the final expectation that we often have is, I can change him or her. I can change others' behavior. And there's actually only one person in this world you can really change, and that's yourself. And even that, as we all know, takes a tremendous amount of effort. The only way that somebody can change is through the wish and the ability to change themselves. They will only change when they're ready to change. Of course, it's really tempting, I think we've all done it, to try and change someone who doesn't want to change. You might even actively choose people with problems, thinking you can fix them. So I suggest that you try and let go of this expectation. Build your life around genuine, positive people, people who say yes and instead of yes but, and try to avoid problematic people that bring you down. Yes, so true. So now the big question is, what can we do to manage uh, personal expectations? <laughs> yeah, indeed, that is the big questions, because we expect so much of ourselves. And unfortunately, our expectations are often unrealistic. And this, of course, can cause us a lot of stress and self-criticism. So it's really important to manage our expectations well. So the first thing I would recommend is give yourself time. We want stuff when we want it, here and now, we can't wait, but that's going to make it really hard on ourselves in terms of our personal expectations if we then don't get what we want immediately. Ambition is a fantastic thing to have, but in a healthy dose. Mm -hmm. But if we expect to instantly achieve our goals, it's going to create internal conflict in ourselves. So just be mindful of your own timeline when you set your goals and objectives, and just make sure you've got a realistic plan to get you there. The second point is try and adapt to expectations changing. So when things go wrong or life or situations change, do try your best not to act emotionally. I mean, it's easy to feel like a failure when things change or shift because they then leave you unable to reach your own goals. And we sometimes try to blindly continue and force without reconsidering our expectations. So what I suggest is take a deep breath. Uh -huh. It's time at this point to pause, consider your options and reframe that initial expectation looking in the context of the new situation. So we're constantly asked to reframe our expectations to keep them realistic. Mm -hmm. The next one is don't judge yourself too harshly. When our lives are ruled by our personal expectations, of course, it can make every day a struggle for us. We criticize ourselves really harshly, criticize ourselves really harshly for failure. And we feel really disappointed when we don't live up to our dreams. And we're really, we are probably our own hardest critics. So try instead to think of yourself as an explorer going through life rather than someone with a path that is dictated by expectations. So this opens up the world to you. The paths open up. You don't have a single path. You can go down multiple paths and back again. Whether you succeed or fail, your overall expectation should simply be to learn as you go. That will make you a lot happier. Now, how do we manage 
other people's expectations. Because even when you have your own personal expectations and you're managing them well, it can be difficult to change what others expect of you. So in this case, what I suggest is you invest some time and some energy, and this will allow you to slowly improve your relationships with others and with yourself. So be really clear, communicate clearly what your what they can expect from you and what you're expecting from yourself and from others. Another point I would say is to communicate about everything. We've already spoken a bit about communication mm -hmm. because no one knows how to make you happy if they don't know what makes you happy. If you don't communicate about your expectations, as well as your plans and your projects and your goals, in fact, what you're doing is preventing others from managing their own expectations of you. So I would suggest learning to over-communicate and be redundant. So maybe repeat a couple of times, not too much. Understand, let people know when you will finish. What are your boundaries? What are your preferences? What makes you happy? What makes you uncomfortable? What makes you sad? And the next point is, I would suggest you should prepare for problems. It's part of life. So just as you're going to have to adapt to changing situations in your personal life, you'll run headlong into these problems in your social life as well. So always try to imagine the worst case scenario for any situation and then anticipate possible outcomes. Because if you have a plan B and maybe even a plan C, it can help to ensure that you meet your expectations, even when things go wrong. Finally, I would say try and predict others' expectations because everyone comes to a situation with certain biases, and certain preconceptions. And these, of course, are the root of all expectations. So if you know where others stand in terms of their own personal issues and beliefs, this can help you understand where their expectations come from. So I suggest that you try to anticipate what people expect of you and either work to meet those expectations, if you wish, or communicate about why they should be changed. Now, to summarize, managing expectations is definitely a learned habit, and it will undoubtedly take a lot of time to change your mindset. But if you have the ability to understand and adapt these expectations, this can help you to start to pursue your own goals in life. Wow, thank you. Mm. I love the idea of being an explorer of life. Yes. That's great. So as always, we finish this episode. What is the, the key points or the key idea that you have or for yourself? I am I'm back to self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, awareness. understand yourself, know what your expectations are, make sure that they're pragmatic and that they are reachable, be positive communicate and make absolutely clear that your expectations of others uh, are known and that they also are pragmatic and, and easily, or not easily, but are achievable. Thank you again, Christine, for all these practical tips that I'm going to apply from now. And uh, I'll talk to you soon then. Bye, Julie. Bye, Thank you bye. so much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. You've been listening to A Toolkit for a Better Life, produced by Christine Peterson. For more information and details on how to contact us, please see the podcast description.